Hey, good day to you all and welcome back to tonight's teaching ignite i had to think for a minute i've did so many of these i kind of get lost so we're so glad that you joined us it's been such a blessing to bring the word to you and we're here with pastor stan jones again mm -hmm. today we are continuing on with last sunday's teaching which bled over from sunday morning's teaching mm -hmm. which is just talking about what it means to just be loved by god being one of god's favorites so today we are reading from Colossians mm -hmm. 1, 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not st stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you up with the knowledge of his will through the spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way. way. Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and joy joyfully giving thanks to the father who has qualified you to share the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins amen so the, the key word that I wanted to bring out in this particular set of verses here in Colossians 1, 9 through 12 is it found in verse 12, and it says that where God qualifies us. And if you'll notice that it's through salvation. And so in other words, it is by grace that God qualifies us for service. And, uh, you know, the enemy, he, he is the accuser. He is the accuser of the brethren. That's what scripture tells us. And so he wants to come along and he relentlessly piles all of this guilt and shame upon us to tell us that we're not worthy or valuable or good enough or smart enough. We don't have this or that or whatever that it takes to bring God glory. But you see, the, the scripture tells us is what qualifies us is the grace. What qualifies us is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And as we were sitting here talking just a few minutes ago, it's like if you remember when you first got saved and you really gave your heart to the Lord and, and you felt that deep changing taking place and it was something that you just really couldn't put into words yeah. and, and you had to go tell somebody. I remember when I first got saved, I was in Oklahoma and I couldn't wait to get home to call my mom to tell her, you can't going to believe what happened. And because there was a change that took place in me. And, you know, to me, that's one of the first signs of salvation is that Paul describes it as that dead man or the, the, the old man is dying and a new creation springs forth. And whenever we, whenever I think of, of something that springs forth, that's brand new, it brings joy. Yeah. You know, who doesn't like new things? Yeah. And so that 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 man, that new man has been given birth and there's just this jubilation or exaltation that's inside of you that is dying to get out. And that's God's grace. Yeah. And you got to tell somebody. And so in being qualified for service for God is simply what Paul is stating here is that if you read those, he's giving you the qualifications. So, so go back and read Colossians 1, 9 through 12. And he says, if you're going through all these things, it is God the Father who qualifies us. And another thing is, and let me just put this to rest. Man does not qualify you for the service of God. Mm -hmm. 
God himself qualifies you. There are some of you out there that you are extremely gifted and you're extremely talented. And God has given you these special gifts. It's just like Tasha's. Tasha's got some amazing gifts. She's very talented. And there are gifts that God has given us. And there are gifts that we are born with. And then there are gifts that will be developed as we grow in our relationship with the Lord. The ones that you have and the ones that you excel in will actually even become stronger and better. The closer that we get, you know, the closer relationship we have to the Lord, because, you know, we can take correction from God when we can't take correction from people. Mm -hmm. I'll just put it that way. So when the Lord tells you, hey, you need to change this up, we'll usually listen to that. If not, then, well, you're in trouble anyway. So, <laughs> but I, we just wanted to kind of talk about being qualified and uh, some of the things we talked about on, on Sunday at Ignite. And I just want to say that. It was, it was a great service last night, uh, on Sunday night, and uh, we had some visitors there, and they, I, I remember uh, one of the gentlemen came up, and, and he wanted prayer toward the end, and uh, we had prayed for him, and he just started jumping up and down and shouting and saying, man, y'all got something, y'all got something going on here. Yeah. And uh, he even kept saying, there's something different. There's, it's different yeah. here. Yeah, and it, that was that was a blessing. Yes, and that's just a, a testimonial from someone who was new to our congregation, basically, yeah. and came in and just felt the presence and the glory of the Lord, and asked for prayer, and God touched his heart and really moved upon him. So, you know, that's what this is all about. So, anyway, um, when to be qualified. Uh, is to, first of all, accept Jesus as your Savior. That qualifies you because he wants you to go and tell other people about him. And so the other things that come along in, in service, they will grow. They, you will, there's some of those things that you'll find out what your gift and callings are, and then we can put you in that place like that, uh, put you in a place of service, if you will. But what we want to talk about is not just only being qualified, but as I mentioned, the enemy oftentimes he is relentless about coming and telling us that we're we just we're just not good enough. That you know your gifts and talents aren't they're they're not going to be counted. And uh, I'm going to tell you that that's a lie straight from the pits of hell. Because as long as you know Jesus as your Savior, you're qualified to be in service and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. And he he doesn't. You don't call what he was saying earlier. You, you don't come into service qualified. God qualifies you for that service. Amen. You remember uh, we talked about John the Baptist and how that he was going to baptize Jesus. Yeah. And so uh, he's there. Jesus comes. And uh, I don't know if we put enough emphasis on this particular time in scripture, but whenever Jesus came to John the Baptist and, and he said that, uh, you know, he came to be baptized and John the Baptist said something along the lines of that, you know, uh, you want me to baptize you when it is you who should be baptizing me. And, you know, John often, he, he said, he said, I'm, I'm not worthy to wear his shoes. I'm not worthy to tie, to tie his shoes or wear his sandals. And, and now Jesus comes and he is expecting John to baptize him. John doesn't feel qualified. I mean, my goodness, how are you going to baptize somebody for the remission of sin mm -hmm. for one who's never sinned? 
though John feels totally disqualified or unqualified to do that. But what did Jesus say? He said, John, we must do this because we have to do all things righteously. As long as you're doing things righteously and then the will of God and doing what is according to the word of God, you're qualified. And the thing about it is, is that sometimes it is in those acts to where that you feel unqualified, but you know that it's righteous mm -hmm. and you do it because you know that it's the God thing to do. Yeah. That's the very thing that qualifies you. And so I, I think that that's, that's a, that's a, a good word for someone out there today. Just do things righteously. It's, it's, it's going to qualify you and, and you're good enough. You're, you're, you're worthy enough, you know? Uh, yes, we all need to grow. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, none of us have, have arrived. Trust me. I've been doing this for over 30 something years. And every time that I get to a place or an area that I think I know God and God kind of snickers a little bit and said, well, did you know this? And then I find out that I really don't know that much. So it's a continuous growing and learning process. And, you know, even the word of God tells us it's a renewing of the mind daily. And so what the awesome thing is, is that God's word is limitless. Mm -hmm. There's, there's no bottom to it. We put limits on it. Yeah. I found myself in, in, um, here recently, I was sharing with Brett about something like, Oh, I hope God don't ever ask me to do that. And it was kind of like, I could see God kind of putting his hand on his hip and went, Oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. that's exactly what he asked me yeah, to do. <laughs> never, never say never. I'll never say never. Well, whenever, uh, like in uh, Hebrews 1 and 11, familiar scripture for everybody. Now, faith is the assurance, thanks, hope for, for the conviction of things not seen. Faith is confidence and is trusting God and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and his word. And for example, the Sermon of the Mount, where Jesus uh he he thanked god for the loaves and the fishes and we talked about this a little bit on sunday and, and also right, last night and uh you know he took the loaves and the fishes first of all he comes and he says well we've got five thousand men out there mm -hmm. plus their wives plus their children and you know uh, <clears throat> i think a fair estimate would be somewhere around fifteen thousand people so he asked his disciples well how are we going to feed them and uh, or he's no i'm sorry he said, you feed them. That was his statement. And he said, you feed them. He said, they're hungry. And, and so they go and they find this little boy sack lunch, you know, a few loaves, a couple of a little fish. I don't know. I, I don't think the loaves were very big, you know, maybe dough ball. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, evidently that it was a boy's lunch. And so they bring the lunch back. Here it is. And then we know the story of Jesus puts it in his hands, he breaks it, which is so cool because I believe that when he, Jesus took the bread and he broke it, then he lifted it up and gave thanks that that was a, that was a symbolization, if you will, of multiplication mm -hmm. because what was one now that is broken has become two. And um, anyway, so he, he, he broke it, he gave thanks for it. And then he took it then and he placed it into the hands of the disciples. And now that blessing were in their hands. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think one of the things that's kind of cool in this story, because we are talking about people who don't feel worthy to be qualified, is that Jesus gave his disciples kind of step-by-step -step instructions. Mm -hmm. 
And before they distributed the food, he said, I want you to go out into the crowd and I want you to divide them up into groups of 50 and 100. And so this would definitely take some time mm -hmm. having that many people. And I want you to notice that the 12 were divided. You know, they were going out across this several acres, I'm sure, of people. And all the time that they're separating these people, I can't help but to think that they're thinking, why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. And they've been with Jesus. They, they know what Jesus can do. And then I believe that somewhere in the midst of taking those steps of obedience, and basically they're not asking questions. They said, yes, we're going to go do what you tell us to, Lord. So we're dividing up the people, and this is going to take a little while. And then in their thoughts, they're thinking, well, I sure hope that he can do this. I don't know what he's going to do, but he's up to something. And then something clicks. Something inside of them. He's going to feed them all. He's really going to do this. Mm. And then those steps, the beginning was yes. And the next was simple steps of obedience. And now you're putting your faith into action. And along those steps, as they're sitting there and they're focusing, they didn't. And the reason why I think that he separated them to do it is because John didn't couldn't look over at Peter and say, Peter, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Matthew couldn't look over at Andrew and say, Andrew, what do you think? You had to do this on your own. Wow. You know, you have to come to that conclusion on your own. You, yeah. When there are important things and you want to grow your faith, don't base the growth of your faith off of someone else's faith. Base it upon your own. Let the Holy Spirit teach you and encourage you. And I think by the time that they got back, that them boys were ready for a miracle. They were saying, hey, they're ready. Now <laughs> you do. we did what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Now, Jesus, you do your thing. Yeah. He breaks the bread. He gives thanks. He puts it in their hands. And then, and where did the miracle come from? Where did it hands did it come from? It came out of the disciples' hands. Whenever they went out and started distributing the food was where the multiplication was. And that's where the miracle was. And so uh, I think another cool thing about the story that we mentioned um, is that scripture says that they were 5,000 men. Mm -hmm. And so the men were counted. But yet we know that there were also women and children mm -hmm. and they were all present there. And there were, I don't know, I, I can't help but to think that there may have been more women and children than there were men. Yeah. But they weren't counted. But yet, if you look, where did they get the substance to perform the miracle? From a child. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm saying to all of you that's watching, don't ever think that you don't count. Don't ever think that what you may have is too little. Because what is little in our hands can be great in the hands of God. Mm -hmm. And the key to that is to give God thanks, is to pray over those things and say yes, take simple steps of obedience, get along with him and know that he is getting ready to do a miracle. And let that encourage you to a place that where you come back and you now, there's 12 of you, 
that's joined together. And now you've got 12 men who are overly excited. Yeah. You've got 12 men that now are in one mind and one accord. There is no doubt. It can't feel that. Amen. They're sitting there and they say, I, we don't know what you're going to do, mm -hmm. Jesus, but we know you're going to do something. Yep. We know you're going to do something. So whatever it is, yeah, whatever it is we need to do yeah. to be a part, that's what we're going to yeah. do. And I just want to clarify here. You said something here a couple of nights ago. We had a gathering and I said, does that include women too? <laughs> <laughs> and Pastor Stan said it includes everybody. So maybe yeah. you can elaborate on that just well, a little bit. Well, uh, maybe I said it wrong. <laughs> I want to make sure. Well, I'll put it to you like this. I am uh, a firm believer that women have a place within the church and that uh, it is scriptural. Um, I believe that my wife is one of the most, she's one of the greatest preachers I've ever heard. I'm, I'm, I'm being just very, very honest. I know that she hears from God. I know there's an anointing upon mm -hmm. our life and the way that we operate this ministry, if it happens to be where God really is moving upon, upon her at that given moment, or at that particular time, then I'm more than happy to give her the pulpit. I'm more than happy to step down because she's anointed for that moment mm -hmm. and for that time. And it's like, that's more important to me. Uh, that's more important to me for people who are anointed and have a word from God to be heard than it is if I were, if it were me, I guess I'm not saying that that if I'm the one who has the word that I shouldn't share that, but I think you understand what I'm saying is it's that season. Amen. It's that time. And if she has it, then because I've seen this, I've seen it in my, in my own life, I've experienced it. And that's the way that we believe. And, you know, Paul relates to the women. I mean, and, and, and we can't exclude them by no means because, you know, they are a great asset to the church. And if you look at the church, in America today, there's more women that attend church than there are men. And, you know, I can go on and on and on and compliment the women on the things that they do. But I think that all you have to do is just open up your eyes and you see that they're great importance. And uh, I'm saying that now and I expect brownies. <laughs> and I'm talking about the edible kind. Okay. So everybody anyway. has homework. We yeah. need brownies. <laughs> so just as a reminder, everybody, men, women, and children are qualified, anointed and qualified. We hope this message brought you uh, some joy today and maybe answered a few questions. If you have any questions, please come see us 1030 on Sunday mornings, six o'clock Sunday nights and 630 on Wednesday mm -hmm. nights. Yep. Come see us. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe uh, drop us a comment if you have a question or you can contact us at Amadeo Dispatched at gmail.com. We'll Amen. see you later.